0: Welcome to the seventh episode of the Facilitator M podcast. This podcast has been created to host discussions of relevance to Global Partners M's in phase four and five fields. My name is Bob Bagley, Associate Executive Director of GP, and I'll be your host for the time we'll be spending together. Today, we'll be talking about missionary transitions. Recently, we had a webinar with Mark Wilson that explored the topic of transitions in ministry like how to know when to go or when to stay and how to transition well. Now, of course, he approached it from the perspective of a pastor, using his recent move from a long-term pastorate in Wisconsin to teaching at Southern Wesleyan as the backdrop to what he shared. But missionaries are different from pastors, in that one of our goals is to develop the work so that we will transition out. We go in planning to leave. We're trying to work ourselves out of a job, so we thought it'd be good for us to explore a little deeper and a little further about the unique characteristics of missionary transitions. I'm joined today by three Ms who are transitioning out of their current roles sometime in the near future. Tom Enns from Brazil, Jim Rice from Ecuador, and Perry Hubbard from Panama, although he's been serving in an area role. So gentlemen, it's my privilege to welcome you to the Facilitator M podcast. So to start off, why don't you each take a moment to describe your current role and then when and why and how, well, not so much how, we'll talk about how in a few moments, when and why you are transitioning out of that role. Why don't you start, Tom?
1: All right, Uh, I feel in good company, Uh, Harry, Jim and I are all working in Latin America at the moment, so we're good friends. I'll start with uh, our transition from Brazil. We've been in Brazil, uh, Grace and I, for 27, almost 28 years. Our kids were born here. This is where we had our ministry, and um, we were very, I don't want to say comfortable, but um, the Lord had... A rich ministry for us here, and we were very uh pleased with that and not thinking of really doing anything else. And then the Lord uh led Brazil, first of all, to contemplate going to East Timor, which is right over here, very far from Brazil. And um we started to we made a trip to Asia to East Timor and uh I'll make the connection Dr. Well, maybe I won't. So in the, they needed a regional director in Asia and they heard that Tom Enns in Brazil was going to Asia. And uh, so uh, Ben Ward, the Asia director asked me if we would consider being a regional director in South Asia and so our transition will be from a mission director over the country of Brazil to a regional director over South Asia, which is six countries, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Nepal, Myanmar, and Sri Lanka. And so that'll be a total change (laughs) going from one country to multiple countries, multiple fields um, with varied languages, varied uh, religions and so that's where what we're looking at we will make that trans- transition the end of next year we kind of asked for a longer transition because this was not in the pipeline this wasn't anything we were uh planning or looking forward to so and they said okay so that's it for
2: us great Jim ah uh. This was also, our, our transition was uh, planned for further into the future originally, um, but after leaving Ecuador in April, where uh, we serve as the mission director there and the area missionary team leader for Ibero-America, uh, after, after discussions with, with you, Bob, and with uh, other folks at GP, it looks like will transition out of Ecuador sooner rather than later. Uh, One of the reasons is a really good one in that our national leader has done an excellent job in our absence. And uh, in the run-up to what we thought would be coming back for PD uh, this month, November, uh, we had already started turning over uh, responsibilities for the national church to, to Juan Carlos Cruz, who is a pastor in Guayaquil. Uh, That had started actually about two years ago and had progressed up into the point when we left in April pretty suddenly. uh, We discussed this with him and with uh, the other pastors and left everything in his hands as far as uh, the National Church of Ecuador goes. Instead of taking that back and going back for another year and a half or two years, which was our original plan, it looks like right now and. None of this has been finalized, so it's a little hard. We're in the midst of transition. Uh, It looks like we'll go back for a shorter period of time uh, and and finalize the things that are going on in Ecuador. Actually, uh, there won't be much turning over going on because it's already happened. Uh, And finalize uh, getting out of our apartment, selling some things, uh, saying goodbye well is what we hope to do in a relatively short period of time. And then probably returning to the United States, we still don't know that yet for sure, exactly how that's gonna look. Uh, It's my intention to carry on with global partners and uh, the role that I have area-wide as far as missionary team leader uh, for an indefinite time period. Uh, But that has also not been finalized and what goes with that has not been finalized. uh, Uh, we're we're directly in the middle of what may or may not happen uh, and there are a number of avenues that are being explored and um, Bob's had uh, a, a pretty big role in that uh, as my direct supervisor uh, also flows involved uh, and it's kind of nice I'd like to say that it's it's nice to have a couple of groups that you know exactly who you're talking to uh, in the past you were talking to a bunch of different people, and you didn't really know if they were talking to each other, and now you know that they are, uh, and that's been helpful, uh, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, so that's pretty much where we are right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Perry, before you tell us about your upcoming transition, um, you, you've transitioned more than anyone except maybe John Connor in, uh, in Global Partners. Uh,
3: I sometimes tell people you've been kicked out of more countries. Or have been invited by more countries. <laughs> a bit of both.
0: <laughs> well, why don't you take us through a little bit of a, a history, uh, quickly, of, of some of those transitions you've gone through, coming up to the, the transition that you're in right now?
3: Well, we. We've actually lived in five countries, so we've done a lot of transition. The first one in Sierra Leone, uh, when we went, we weren't thinking transition all, we think we're just gonna stay there and do our work. But when we had the, the coup and we had we were evacuated, that really heightened the reality and we started working very clearly towards a transition. Though we expected to go back and continue that process, that got terminated very abruptly some way so our transition out of Sierra Leone was a kind of sudden even though we had actually started the process of moving out of the key roles into taking secondary roles to be there to help but the war came in they burned our house down so we had a forced transition so to speak which put us in Papua New Guinea and we again began to feel like wow we could you know there's a lot of work here we could stay here and and that began to change in the kind of we got a message that they didn't really want us to stay there, wanted us to go to another country and do something else. And so we had like six months to work on a transition plan uh, that would take five years, it took 10 years, but the plan actually was effective as we, based on what we knew and where things were going, you know, they've in a a way followed the structure of what we suggested to them. And so it's been really exciting to see that happen, and actually see two of our students become the national superintendent so I felt pretty good about that one we get to Guyana now at this point we say I have we have no idea if we're going to be here and how long we're going to be here But we were actually transitioned to basically three roles to build a bible school building uh, work in their training in their master's program because I was just finishing my doctorate and then start working with the region Latin America region And we got very much involved in these things, but within our first two years, we realized we were gonna move again. And so began that whole process of finishing up what we're doing, putting it in the hands of other people, training people to do this and, and everything. So we left the Bible school basically done. Nancy's Dream of a Home for Children with AIDS done. Actually, they've built their second facility now. And we moved into the role with the Bear America and the real realization was that we couldn't really do that job without learning language. So we ended up in Costa Rica. They gave us eight months to transition in language learning, which is usually a year process. And they talk about three years, we didn't get any of that. And we ended up in Panama. And so our ministry, uh, we covered, we've had ministry in about 40 to 50 countries as a result of all this. Which is you know a constant transition of in and out of places, you know understanding their culture, knowing what to say, how to help them grow, and then becoming the director of the mission board of ibero America, basically, with a plan in mind that to hold that position for two years. But then they said no, no, Perry, it's too short, four years, four years, and so and it was both the national, the whole regional leadership and the board were saying the same thing and said okay, okay two more years. And then you're in charge, you know, so I actually last year about this time, I transitioned out of that role as the director. And I'm now simply an advisor to that, that group, although I'm still involved in dealing with, you know, finalizing different training programs and things that they want me to help them, you know, bring to the final point, but they keep the strange thing is, they keep adding stuff to my list, so I'm not sure about that. But it's exciting to see that when we plan for transition, what can happen when they take hold and they just suddenly they take off, and you you say, "Wow, I didn't think that was all possible, but because we've done a good job and we we're planning for it, it made a difference." Now, I'm in kind of a unique in-between place. There's been a lot of interest in the work in Hibacom, Bear in America and the world. So I'm actually transitioning to a broader role and have trips planned to right now to Sierra Leone, Uganda, and Eswatini as part of a long-range development plan in their minds. So I'll be helping them develop missions, grow in missions understanding and awareness in those three countries over the next year. And there's you know other things coming. So I'm transitioning into a very interesting role of a broader, I, I guess, what would you call resource person uh, in Africa, and we actually we're now working on a possible trip to India because we have half a dozen people that are feeling called to India, so they've asked me to help get you know make that happen. So we're we're close to exciting things happening there as well. So my role, you know, I'm getting busier in some ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, looming out there is the the end of service transition, and I'm still working through what that means. You know, the, the, Jim mentioned saying goodbye well. Uh, we were we didn't get to do that in Sierra Leone, but we were able to say goodbye well in Papua New Guinea and in Guyana, and and I'm very aware, more aware now, you know that. I'm going to be there for a little while longer than all these people I have known and been with and spent all my uh, last 12 years with. They're basically not going to be part of my normal everyday life anymore, and I won't have those trips and travels to see some of them. So, and I was looking forward to next year at this time when we were having our another congress. Which has now been delayed a whole nother year, so you know that's kind of messing with my transition plans. But you know, working on how, you know how does that work? Knowing that in this new world, they can zoom you and WhatsApp you at any time and say, you know, what do you think? So uh, that's kind of a different twist on the whole transition, where it used to be you left, you left. There was basically no communication anymore, and I you know I get notes all the time, you know, questions and and learning how to know when to, to respond and when to step back in this new role is interesting.
0: Let me pick up on that matter of saying goodbye well. Uh, question to all three of you, you can jump in in any order you want to. How do you say goodbye well? What what needs to be part of that? You just offer one thing and let somebody else offer, you can jump back in again. Tom?
1: Um. I'm really horrible at saying goodbye. I don't like saying goodbye. So, in this transition, we've kind of said, we're not cutting off Brazil. We're going to take Brazil to Asia because they're doing missions and they want to go to Asia. So, I'm kind of a bridge because I just don't want to say goodbye. But of course, you do say goodbye to a thing. So, uh, but I I feel like. you make strong connections and relationships and so it, it takes some time to say goodbye and uh, the big thing as we'll talk about later is preparing people to take over that's a different kind of goodbye but uh, emotionally and relationally it's hard to say goodbye i don't
3: know <laughs> Uh, giving them the the freedom to decide how they're going to say goodbye. I mean, we saw that. We missed that in Sierra Leone. That was a bit frustrating because we we left with the intent of coming back and and never really said goodbye. And I'm going to make my first trip back since then. And there's an awful lot of culture stuff going on. And that, that makes me a little nervous, but making sure that they define the process of how they're going, how we're going to say goodbye. Don't, don't take control of that. You know, give them the the right, re, the freedom to define what that means and what that how that's going to be done is a big part of it. We've got two beautiful paintings in our
0: living room because we said goodbye in South Africa twice. <laughs> we had once thinking it was the end, and they they bought us this beautiful painting to say goodbye, and then GP sent us back, and so this last time, you know, a year ago. We said goodbye a second time, and we have a second beautiful painting. <laughs> We've got two more walls, so we need to go back again.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, that'd be very gracious and how you receive sometimes <laughs> multiple things of the same thing. There's only people involved. Jim?
2: Uh, actually, as I look back on it, Bob, I think we started saying. Uh, goodbye. When we got there, uh, one of the one of the first things that we talked to the leadership about in Ecuador is that we weren't going to be there forever, um, the, and that's been an ongoing thing that we've talked to them about every uh, every year, um, and so. Originally, I don't think they believed us because that's not what had, they had seen generally and they had, what they, they hadn't experienced that, uh, that kind of, of discussion. Uh, they, did, they have come to understand that that's the case and have already started preparing themselves even before we left for this extended time. This is the longest we've ever been out of Ecuador uh, since we arrived. Uh, but it, it's, there's always that looming thing that we'll be back. Uh, particularly this time, uh, and they're not. We haven't had the discussion as to how lo- that that our final term there has been shortened uh, yet, because I don't know what it looks like yet, and I don't want to tell them one thing and then it be something else. Uh, so, I think it will be pretty intensive in, in the time frame we're talking about. Uh, but I like what Perry said and giving people the freedom to say goodbye as as, it, as as they want to. Uh, Of course, that has to be limited sometimes, but giving them the opportunity to do what they want to do to say goodbye to you so that it ends on a good note, uh, if it's all possible. And then also for us, making sure we touch base with those people, uh, all those people that have touched our lives, and some of those people are outside the Wesleyan Church, Uh, so touching base with those people as well. Uh, Lori's already started doing that and she's done a great job. Uh, for example, she set up a group on uh, WhatsApp of all the folks in our neighborhood that she's been working with in, the, in their, their divergent groups. They haven't been working together. And now they're all on together, uh, supporting each other. And it turned and she said, I'm afraid this is going to turn into one of those political griping. This is going on groups uh, And that's not what it was started for. And that actually started to occur. And one of the members said, hey, that's not what we set this up for. And you know how that goes. And then Lori actually just got back on and said, listen, we've got plenty of of forums out there for political discussions and neighborhood discussions. And uh, this has been set up for this reason. And the the people that were doing it came back and said, yeah, we've set up another forum. We understand what's going on and uh, have gone back into that with... Of all people, our landlord uh, has been the one that has contributed most to that. Uh, She's about an 80-year-old from uh, Chile originally and not at all involved in any of the groups that Lori's had other than her personal interaction with Lori. Uh, So that's helped as well. And of course, like you guys said, you get get WhatsApp messages, uh, Zooms, uh whatsapp chats all all kinds of stuff it's now it's now looming out there but i think for me i have to be careful and to make sure that i don't hold on to that so tight that i'm checking in every month or you know that it's their freedom to give me a call and like perry said earlier you know you got to be really diligent in deciding what's good to respond to with advice or whatever and what's good to say hey that's you know you guys need to talk about this together. And, and that's not for me to say.
0: Yeah, which, which leads us into to what, what Tom was alluding to. You know, it, we're not just the, we aren't the only ones transitioning. I mean, you know, the focus could very easily be on, on us and our lives and what's happening and how those changes are taking place. But how do we equip the church? Because it's transitioning too to Being without us, what do we do? What should we be doing to prepare the church and help it
3: through transition as well? That has a lot to do with how you've developed your relationships over the years. If there's a relationship of trust and confidence in each other, it's a lot easier. But if, if you don't have that kind of thing, you mentioned it, you know when transition goes well it's because we have built these relationships and they depend on us we depend on them and we move step by step so their dependence moves with to within their group so they don't have they don't have to call on us for you know answers they can move to their own discussions and we, i'm seeing that with the hibacom group they just they've got so many more ideas and new things going on and you know, it's almost like Perry, hey, we're trying this. It's great, go for it. You know, th- there's an evidence that you've actually accomplished your goal because they, in many ways, they don't need you. And, it, and they, but they don't disrespect you. You know, they, they do communicate, they keep in touch. But the, you see the change in tone. It's not like they're asking permission anymore, but they're sharing. What's going on? What they're thinking, and so they're asking, you know, just you know, the comments. You know, do you see something we're missing? or see, you know, but they already have the concept, the ideas, and they're they're moving. And you're not necessary now. That kind of sounds hard. You know, I'm not necessary anymore. <laughs> I don't like that feeling, but if we're really working on this transition, we that's what we need to sense that, you know, we're not we're no longer essential, so for the mm. process to work. And they it takes a strong ego. Huh? It takes a yeah. strong ego to be able to <laughs> Yeah. So I see I see that. You know, do they have ideas and thoughts and things that come up from themselves and not be from you? And that's that good sh- indicator that the transition's going well.
1: Uh maybe a one response of the things that is uh is it my turn? Go ahead. Um, I think too, it goes back to what Terry said, let them help in the transition the way they would do it as well. Brazilians would never cut things off in a sense. Um, For Americans, you're done with a job, you leave it, you don't touch it anymore, you step away from it. Whereas Brazilians, um, in in a sense, there's certain roles that's necessary but they would really stay connected. They would want to continue on with the relationship. They would, out of respect, ask your opinion, kind of like they're doing with Perry. Um, and so it's different than we would. We would plan it perhaps, but they they keep they want involvement. They want connections. Uh, it gives them security. I think. Um, but I think this is on a, a more personal level. I'm not talking about a transition for the church, for roles necessarily. But it's an interesting aspect that the Brazilians really want to maintain relationship forever. And, uh, you know, to them, it would be really odd for Pastor Tom to leave and then nobody hears from him anymore. You know, they would say, did he die or something? Why wouldn't he connect? <laughs> and um, so that that's an aspect. Um, Jumping to maybe a transition with the church, um, I think all of us, um, at least Perry and and Jim, we're the generation that came in saying we're partners, we're with the church, we're not coming in as the authority to tell them what to do and how to do things. Um, We didn't start the work, it was already there. And so uh, my role was kind of to work alongside and they asked me to do certain things like be the director of the Bible college. And um, and so I guess a transition for me is to see that those things that I did as one of them, as one of the leaders in Brazil, as one of the workers that God sent there, um, that somebody's there doing it well. And so there's certain responsibilities I had at theological ed was, education was a big one of those. And so you look for, okay, do I have a disciple? Do I have somebody who's there? Do I have somebody who's going to step in? Is he going to do a good job? And, um, and that's a part of the transition. I feel really good about uh, our director, uh, who will be elected the end of this month. And I will kind of for the first time not have any kind of role at all just be a mm. missionary hanging around you know <laughs> but then they want me to disciple him and in some other areas and just give support as kind of it's new a new role for him to be the head honcho and then even some new responsibilities. And then even the church it's especially in church in Brazil became a national church in 2018 a national structure was established and so the end of this year that same the end of this month they will kind of end a transition period and they're kind of totally on their own and um i feel like it's good for me to be around a little bit but not have any official role either Mm -hmm. and i'm on some of the boards or whatever that i was and um but I think that's what part of the transition is, just making sure the responsibilities of what you were working towards is there's someone there taking it over. And uh, I'm still around a little bit to, to give them a hand, to give them orientation, but it changes, you know, when you're not official anymore. And the Brazilians know that they, they don't go around the back corner and ask you to do something to respect the new leaders. And so, I think it's going well so far.
0: There, there seems to be a cultural difference there, both what you said, Perry, and you said, Tom, uh, that the handoff is extended. It, it takes place over a period of time. North American, we tend to think of handoff as very quick. Yeah, you know, I hand it off to you, you take over, I'm out of the picture. and. Yeah. Both of you are suggesting that that probably is not the, the the best strategy for us, at least in parts of the world that we are serving, that uh, a more extended handoff and uh, we stay along in the shadows for a period of time.
1: And I think that would be maybe biblical with discipleship in in that sense. And Jesus went with them, and then they did it, and then he was you yeah, know just, but. Uh, it's the Brazilian way, so that's what we're doing too. You know, you got to fit into the culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: One of the things, Bob, uh, in Ecuador that we've we we did intentionally from the beginning is we we never uh, attended just one church, which was easier for us because we didn't have that many churches. Uh, so we would make uh, monthly trips to Cuenca. We attended all of the churches equally. Uh, first of all, because we didn't want to take up leadership roles within churches who already had people doing some of that. And we did help Juan Carlos. We, we spent eight months with Juan Carlos and Diana in a church plant, uh, but intentionally would not take anything, any kind of roles that uh, they or people that they had brought in could do. And so as soon as they could, they found Sunday school teachers, we quit teaching Sunday school. Uh And then as soon as they really got on their feet, we went back to rotating through the churches again. Uh, That was unusual. It was not cultural, uh, but in the long run it's really proved to be beneficial uh, because none of the churches depend on us to come in and and do any local church leadership role. We We don't serve on their boards, we don't teach uh, I occasionally speak, but very rarely. Uh, one of the reasons, and I told Juan Carlos this the last time he asked me to preach, I said, listen, I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, but they've got a couple of people in their congregation who they're looking at it, maybe pastoring down the road. And I said, why take time away from them? Cause they don't get to preach a lot either. Why not let them preach? First of all, they've got great messages. They've got a lot to say. They speak Spanish far better than I do. uh, uh and it prepares them for the future uh, and future leadership roles. Um, So I probably speak on average two or three times a year and that's about it. Uh, And I've tried to even lessen that in the last uh, two years. I've tried to do very little speaking, Uh, but that that was unintentional. And that wasn't like we went in with a strategy. (laughs) I wish I could say we did. But that was really God This worked in something we didn't know what we were doing and it worked out for the best uh, in the long run.
0: I wanna throw two final questions to you and you've got 30 seconds to answer it, (laughs) okay? The first question is, how do you know that you've stayed too long? Second question is the opposite. How do you know if you're leaving too soon? All right, 30 seconds on, how do you know if you stayed too long?
3: Well, if you're there too long and nobody else has any fresh ideas, then and they all look to you for every, every decision and every new idea, then you've been there too long. And, and that's an issue. Or the other side, if their ideas are still, you know, not fully developed in their mind and they're needing help to, to flesh them out, then you you still need to be there. So it's the one, you know, both of them is their ability to deal with decision making, planning, and processing of things. If they're there's still you know gaps in their thinking process and their development process, then leaving would be too soon because they're gonna, you know, they're gonna collapse on themselves and you don't want them to be failing. But the other side is if if they're coming up with all the ideas and they're very well developed and clear in what they're doing, Get out of the way. You know, don't don't you know stay in place just because you feel good about what you're doing and you know you, still, you may still be doing a good job, but the indicator is there. If they're coming up with the plans and they're implementing the plans, and your counsel is just very minor, you know, cosmetic type stuff, that's the time to get out of the way. All right, Jim or Tom, how do you know you stayed too long?
2: I think maybe for and this is, this doesn't just mean, this doesn't just, just the missionaries, this can be for anyone, I believe. When the job uh, that you're doing can be done better by somebody else, can be more, in this case, more culturally done, well done by somebody else. Uh, when God's put somebody there that's, that's capable, willing, and accepts the job and wants to do it, I think then it's time probably if you stay on after that, you stay too long.
0: And maybe not make that decision during the first year on the field, because everybody could do it better than I could during that first year. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, that's, that's part of Yes, the, that I think that's, that's I thought we give you a couple amazing. of the years there to begin with. Yeah that's that's first phase of transition, which is a different whole <laughs> topic to.
0: Okay. Tom, how do you know that you stayed too long?
1: I guess, um, in my experience, tension grows. The Lord indicates that it's time to go. And so, some kind of tension will happen, some kind of uh, situation develops that you're kind of in the way. Or the Lord, I think, uh, puts some signposts in there. Uh-huh. One of those could be apathy and a lack of growth, a lack of vision. You know, if that's happening, that's another bad sign. Uh, when, leaders, uh, are, when it's too early, I think it's what Perry said, if you feel like leaving would make the church unstable, would leave responsibilities that are important uh, up in the air and, and undeveloped, then maybe there's something that needs to happen. And uh, the leadership sometimes can take in, but I take that in and take take care of it, but you want stability and strength and uh, the ability for them to go forward. And if you leave too soon, that might be interrupted. I was afraid of that a little bit, uh, leaving quickly from Brazil. And so I asked for you know a longer transition because we had no plan of doing that, and I was uneasy about just oh we're gone, boom, and we're out.
2: Hey, your Jim. How do you know if you're leaving too soon? I think one of the things that's very helpful, at least to me, is outside counsel, people that are a little bit disconnected, but can see into the situation uh, and getting their counsel in in what's going on. So for me, uh, I talked to Tom Hines. He's been uh, in Ecuador for a number of years. Uh, I like to talk to Rick West. Uh, He has a huge amount of experience in Latin America. And then I talk to people that are not even at all involved in missions whatsoever, but are involved in ministry of one sort or the other and have transitioned uh, in the past. And then of course, uh, you, Bob, and Dennis, and the folks at, at GP uh, really are great at speaking into that. Uh, so not just going with what maybe I think, uh, and not just with with what the people inside Ecuador think, but with uh, what people outside think and asking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in those com- conversations, because he's, he's the one that really gives you the, the peace about doing it. And I didn't have that peace to start with in this whole process, but I have to tell you, uh, at this point, uh, I am, we, Lori and I are both totally at peace with whatever happens, I think uh, that's, that's come. I guess I would say the Brazilians
1: in agreeing with uh, Jim, the Brazilians would never say it's time for you to leave. You know, no. they would think, I mean, that would be like saying, we don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. You can't use their words. You know, they're, they're being nice and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You kind of need somebody from outside to say, yeah, you really need to get out of it.
3: <laughs> uh, but like I said, with mine, I was ready after two years as a director, I was ready to step out and they said no. So they decided, no, it's not time yet. But when the time came, they, the transition, they, yeah, you can step down, it's kind of the right time, but don't go away. We still want you on as an advisor, counselor kind of thing. And that's a pretty good indicator too. You know, they'll, if you're listening, they'll, they'll tell you what, what they want you to stay around or not. Subtly, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes not. <laughs> we hope, hope it stays subtle. We hope it stays subtle. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, thank you, Perry and Jim and, and Tom for taking some time to help us process through. Uh, there's so much more that we could, could talk about. I, I give you a minute each for the last
2: word of wisdom. Get your pen ready. Here it comes. Remember that you're never indispensable, but God's already got somebody that he wants working in the same area that you're working in. And often, uh, if we're not sensitive to that, we're keeping somebody else from advancing where God wants them to be.
1: Word of wisdom, I guess I'd say God's in control. He has a plan. The transition is kind of our way of describing and dealing with it, but the Lord is moving us where we need to be and we just need to do the transition is us doing what we need to do when we need to do it. And uh, being at peace that he's behind it all. I think mm-hmm. that's the main.
3: There's a word in your instructions that we, we didn't get to called exit strategy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and I like to do woodworking and there's all these different tools, but there come, you have a plan, but there's a plan that when you get to a certain point, your projects done and you put the tools down. And we have to keep in mind that we, as Tom said, we are tools in God's hands. We are we are there for a specific purpose, time frame, aspect. And when the time comes, we need to let God say that time, I'm gonna put this tool down in relation to what's going on. And we need to let that happen. And so it's actually, the idea is that from the day we start, we need to realize that there's an exit strategy and plan we may not know what it is, but God does. And we need to let him use us according to the plan he has, which means that someday we will leave. And when we, you know, it's hard to think of that when you first get there, wow, I just got here and I need to be thinking (laughs) about transitioning out. But if that is your proper thought structure that will make all of the transition in through and out something easier to manage. So in a sense, I said, we all need an exit strategy from the day we arrive. And and like Tom said, making sure that it's God who has control of that plan and not us. And so when when, when our use as a tool is done, we're done. Great. Thanks so much, gentlemen. This has been very helpful indeed.
0: You've given us a lot to chew on. So those who are listening to this podcast, if you want to discuss further, we invite you to the the, uh, Facebook group for the Facilitator M Facebook group and uh, comment in there, chime in, say a few nasty words about somebody, whatever you wish, and uh, we will continue to grow together. Thank you. Keep pressing on.